Why, hello there. Hello there. Hi. Hi, it's me again. Um, this might be one of the nerdiest How to Be Unpopular podcasts, although um, Riley and Todd have been getting pretty nerdy, which is awesome. I learn lots of stuff. I, I just want to be there sometimes. Um, talking about, I'm from the more ridiculous side of things. I'm not, I'm probably as far away from scientific as you can get. Um, I'm, I'm the one that needs to come up with the hippy dippy stuff to, uh, that's far out there, but, um, I can be scientific, but needless to say, this is, uh, going to be episode 21, the editing nerdy editing uh podcast but there's going to be some skating stuff too um i just want to start by talking about um, how i went for a jog the other day i don't jog a lot um for exercise like i said in the other podcast i um use rec skates or speed skates and um i ride my bike a lot which i just filled the tires up and went for a rip feels so good to be back on a bike again yoga's great but um you gotta do cardio you gotta like move and i like really intense short bursts of activity so it felt really good to be on the bike i was biking against i got it was like in a hailstorm up and down a hill and hail was hitting my face and and it was really intense and um then it just kind of passed over and got sunny and I thought it was a great metaphor for this month because I I technically I shouldn't even be recording this podcast right now because there's so much on my plate I swear it's just going to be like rubber to the road once um next week hits rubber to the road you know like a tire so I'm metaphoring all over the place but um with the hailstorm it was just like this bizarre spring hailstorm that can happen in April and May in Kamloops that it just hit so hard and it was so cold and so intense and then it just passed over and got sunny and then when I rode back the wind was at my back and I was just coasting and floating so that you know you work hard for a short period of time and you're set not for the rest of your life that's what the quote says but you're set for a little bit um so to bring it all the way back to the front because I like to fire off in different directions. I went for a jog the other day with my girlfriend. And um, we were just going to jog around up in Pineview here. Which is like, uh, it looks like um, the community in Back to the Future 2. Kind of. But maybe more Kamloopsy. We are going to jog around here. And sometimes I have a problem exercising around Kamloops. Because it's very, uh, I don't know if you can hear the... the washer or the dryer interesting background sound I don't like doing exercises in certain places in Camels because Camels is um, geographically it's beautiful to look at the mountains and everything but um, some of the industrial areas especially trans transitioning from winter to spring it's really uh, brown and ugly and industrial and um, lots of gross buildings architecturally it's just not that exciting to look at lots of cars driving around and uh the area where there's like walmart and the warehouse district i just don't like running or riding my bike through that stuff sometimes depending on the mood sometimes if you break through the zone and you're and you're really clicked into the music that you're listening to uh you're mostly in touch with the beautiful parts and not the ugly parts which is a great way to live life if you can tap into that all the time but that is difficult to do. So I suggested that we go down to like the water along the river, which I don't jog very often, but if I was to jog, this is kind of a spot that I would have enjoyed jogging. And uh, we parked at like the old skate park area that's right along the river. And um, I think we did like a 6K run or something because I'm going to run my first half marathon, which I'm pretty excited about. I'm pretty sure I could do a full one but uh, I'm just going to start with half and then go from there. Um, but what I wanted to talk about just quickly starting off here is that uh, 
running along this river trail and listening to music, I swear, exercising, like riding a bike or, or rollerblading or running along a, a visually interesting pathway with lots of changing scenery and listening to music, this, I swear it's one of the best, most fun things you can do. I just got, I don't know, it's like you break through this, this, you get there and you drive in your car and you're sitting at a computer earlier and then um, something clicks after like 10 or 15 minutes where the your surroundings just start to change completely and you, I swear your brain opens up to more creative ideas and I wish I had like a little typewriter person in my head or I could dictate all the ideas that I think of because it was just awesome. So, um, God, we're lucky to have things like iPods to make a playlist and then we're free to run in beautiful scenery. It's, it's one of the, seriously, one of the best things you can do is listen to music and exercise in cool scenery. Sometimes it just doesn't get any better than that. Um, and on top of that, it was really cool to, you could feel spring was coming along. There was lots of people doing activities in the park, going for walks, throwing frisbees, going for picnics, kids playing in the in the playground and people playing tennis and other people jogging and people taking their dogs out. Just had that great feeling. I, um, Kamloops, I wish, had more uh, interesting uh, park spaces. There's uh, so much cool... There's sorry, so many cool spots geographically. It's such a diverse array of of places that I wish they did more interesting things with the space. But that's just me getting ahead of myself a little bit. Um, I also ran by this one area where, like, uh, the rendezvous. There's a strip club, and there's this weird area that um, just has kind of like uninteresting. The buildings are cool, but it's an interesting... No, the buildings aren't cool, but it's an interesting area. And I had all these ideas about, like, how... Um, the use of these spaces, like, there could be a cool pub and restaurant district in this area of Kamloops that kind of looks run down and, and dirtier and more small-townish. I don't know, I just see the potential in this town all the time. That's a whole other story. So let's move on here. I'm going to start by saying something that needs to be said. DVDs are dead. DVDs are dead. Digital delivery, online content. I don't think there's even going to be such thing as like a um, the idea of like a long full skate video, documentary style skate video, um, team videos, all that stuff. I think they're dead personally. They're still going to be made and um, videos are going to be made under one specific topic or feeling or whatever because I, that's still what I enjoy doing um, with mushroom blading and the future projects coming up. I do like making like something under, still calling it a video or whatever, but I, the idea of selling a DVD and expecting a like a return on it is, I don't know, it's just old 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 news online's where it's at and I wish people were more concerned about making experimenting and making uh, unique content online even in short pieces instead of focusing on making something really amazing that would blow people away because I talked about this last week how, how often do you hear this is the best thing I've ever seen it's just uh, it's getting really old I want to talk more in the future about online content and how DVDs are dead and where things are, are going, but I want to talk with other people that have um, points of view on it. I just, I mean, I bought Charging and I reviewed it, but I'm just really not into it anymore. I let, I haven't watched it that many times. I definitely think it's a good video. Um, it'll, uh, I just, I don't know, it even just seemed dated, like, buying it, I spent like 50 bucks buying it in the mail, 
and I'm sure I know they put a lot of work and money and time into it but the idea of making something that'll change rollerblading forever I think is 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 over um, they should have just distributed it online instead of on a DVD um, yeah DVDs are dead that's it that's over um, I made some DVD copies of, of the last mushroom blading videos which I owe some to Leon still sorry Leon if you're listening and uh, it's just like even then I don't know I can't wait until uh, compression you can compress like really high quality files um, into just small file sizes and uh, make them available online like like a an hour long video or something would be like a hundred megs and super high quality and if someone wanted to burn it on a DVD they could but even then so stupid like you should just be able to send it to your TV monitor or, or something like that it just seems like we're, we're there's we're just, we're just wasting our time with physical DVDs still. Um, who knows, maybe like our kids in the future think DVDs are really cool and uh, compression artifacts, uh, artifacts are going to be the record crackles of the future. Bizarre. Bizarre. Um, I thought of this thing that gets said sometimes online when people watch a, an edit or something and they and they say that's not rollerblading um when people say that's not rollerblading it probably means that you're closer to rollerblading uh than rollerbladers think they are to rollerblading now that sounds really confusing but have this thing that I always kind of say in my head that I consider myself more of a rollerblader and less of a quote-unquote rollerblader. Uh, I honestly have the most fun doing things that might look a bit weird or or take uh, movements and, and things that might look dancey or figure skatey or whatever you want to call it and people say that's not rollerblading but I think combining those things with what we stole from skateboarding and I think that's just what I love to do I don't know I just think it looks amazing rollerblades can turn on a dime and and um there's so many interesting patterns that you can even make just like if you think of um someone with ice skates the sharp turns and the cuts that they make in the ice or whatever think of just combining that with with grinds there's so many possibilities or with errors um i would love to see in the future frames and things becoming more precise for turns like on rec skates there's some amazing stuff that you can do someone just posted um on my wall a link of the 2007 freestyle championships and like some of the stuff that they do in freestyle like the cone skating which is so silly that there's like freestyle skating and aggressive skating or whatever it should just kind of all be one molded together thing that is all rollerblading but some of the stuff that people do on those in the cone skating is I don't know way more interesting to watch than um, like someone skating a grind box. It takes more thought and it's more expressive and uh, combining the two though, there's lots of issues there. So that's not rollerblading in my world means that's definitely rollerblading. Um, and I said, you know, combining that freestyle skating and that that 
dancey, turny stuff that you can do, whatever you want to call it, with grinds, I said, combining it with grinds. I'd be okay uh, if, if I could just do maybe one grind for the rest of my life. I'd probably be okay. Well, maybe two, maybe uh, one-footed grind, a one-footed grind, and like a soul grind or something. We should just call uh, all grinds a grind. <laughs> I, I think I read that on BMAG a while ago. If we just called all grinds, I'm going to do a grind on this. It would simplify um, how focused we are on grinds. If probably if you were to ask um, a large percentage of people outside of rollerblading, probably everyone outside of rollerblading, if they can tell the difference between the grinds, um, a lot of them probably couldn't. They might say there's the pretzel leg one, there's the one-footed one, and there's the one or your arms go like this or, or something like that. Uh, every technical nuance in, in rollerblading that we think is so impressive and we, we go like, oh my god, dude, so-and-so's uh, grab 540 into the grind was the best trick ever done in rollerblading or uh, what's a good one like? Uh, yeah, like I, I don't know, it, it's just been kind of the same shit for the long time, like, that Arlo thing is like, you can't be two people, uh, jacking each other off about, about a combo that someone did on the handrail, and I think rollerblading has been jacking, uh, itself and each other off for, um, jeez, ten years, maybe? Maybe a bit less than that, but. Um, the way that we think of progression in terms of grinds and, and even illusion spins and things like that they're just so uh, nuanced and and unimportant yet we, we watch all this media where we think it's important and we get into these conversations um, blowing hot air again but it all comes from if we could just call all all gr grinding like grinding instead of focus on the names and the spins and stuff like that grinds are just like anything where your foot touches a surface pretty much there's some cool stuff you can do with grinds definitely but um, my personal experience with grinds I'm, I just I don't really I do lots of soul grinds I want to do more at royales uh, I really like topsoles and back rails. I want to do more front sides and back sides. I don't know, like unities and stuff like that. Um, or, I don't know, alley-oops I'm not very good at. I can do them, but um, if you just take yourself outside of grinds, they all look the same for the most part. Like, I remember watching a video with one of my girlfriends at the time, and she just said, why are they, this video is like the same thing. And then in rollerbladers' minds, it's like, oh, we found this sick ledge, or this sick rail, or we found this sick rail, and then another rail's after it. Oh, we found this sick spot where there's a ledge, and a ledge. And it's even like the way that we choose things sometimes we're stuck. Jump on, slide. Jump on, slide. Jump on, slide down. 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 Um, Rollerblading is definitely getting away from it, but I still think some of the emphasis on Grinds, grinds, is getting a little bit tiresome. I feel really weird. oh, I, like the long bike ride, and I did yoga today, and I was doing working some. 
the way I'm delivering this is kind of like tired, um, but I hope I'm easy to follow in some way. This is just a little thing that um, has always bothered me, and I was guilty of it or whatever. And it's all personal preference. When people say they directed a skate video or put a film by, there's rarely anything really that resembles a film in rollerblading videos. Um, you could call some videos films, definitely, if there's other factors involved, but, um, most rollerbladers aren't even close to filmmakers or directors. I'm not, I'm still learning. That's why I started a business to do with, it's like my second film school where I'm, I'm still learning directing and cinematography and stuff like that. And I, like, I don't even consider myself I don't call myself a filmmaker um I'm just a I guess a person who's learning to put sound and visuals together a little bit um I'm a little bit of a director not through skate videos although I'm learning uh, but it just this just makes me um go to the next part that Riley and Todd talked about I think People who don't rollerblade have a better chance of making a classic skate video than rollerbladers do. Rollerbladers are almost their own worst enemy um, when they make videos. Because um, we're just making them for in the image of, of each other, kind of. And, um, I mean... Do rollerbladers really have anything interesting to say? Like, do do rollerbladers really want to be honest about themselves and and um, show the activity, sport, art, culture bullshit the way it really is, or do rollerbladers just want to dress it up and make it? seem like something more than what it actually is which broken down completely is uh, plastic uh, boots with wheels uh, and like being like little like kids playing around although that gets lost in translation and, and um people take it very very seriously um it'd be awesome if we could recruit some outside people to uh to make like a skate video i think uh many rollerbladers myself included lack the the objective although i'm getting better with it that objective point of view that um sees people uh it's just humans doing a weird activity instead of rollerbladers rollerblading for rollerbladers who think that rollerblading deserves some kind of credit or i don't know it's a difficult one hey um That makes me think about how I said in the last, my last podcast, that I just don't really care about rollerblading. Not, not, um, not like uh, the quote unquote rollerblading, the industry and videos and all that stuff. I just, I don't care about it. And th- and then a good question is why should I care? Why should I care? There's really not a lot to care about when everyone's 
focus on portraying uh, skating a certain way, something gets lost and um, I don't know, I like skating with my friends or people that I've grown up with. I still love making videos. Um, rec skating super fun, but I don't how Matt says like he could he doesn't care as long as he can buy skates, then he's fine with that. He doesn't really follow videos or the industry or anything. There's a good reason like there's so many people like that that could care less about what's going on because it's just not that interesting and and I don't know I wish people made more things that made people care and again it's almost like the focus on people trying to make the best something that really showcases rollerblading in the light that it should um it should it should be looked at from a very different point of view that it should be a whole bunch of different things in so many different directions instead of one thing and then um, we would all be better for it I think I feel I know um, so if I haven't pissed you off already I'm definitely gonna piss you off now um, VGs are overrated that's right. I said it. I... VGs haven't aged well. The first maybe six VGs... Mm, seven... There's some... There's, there's some classics there, but... Um, in terms of capturing skating and, and showing it in a distinct time... There's some classics there, but in terms of like when uh, Morgan, I can't remember, there was two other dudes who owned VG with David Allen Payne, and like, I don't know, around VG9 onward, when it was David Al Dave Payne's vision, uh, it just, I don't know, I didn't connect with it, really. Something was lost that uh, I just didn't portray rollerblading the way that I saw it personally. Something was missing there. Um, and we've kind of followed that, that VG influence rather than maybe like the T-Bone films, which those guys didn't really skate. Craig Carroll and Evan Stone... Um, Everyone's gone on to be quite successful. Um, if you look up uh, Evan Stone, he's like an Emmy Award winning editor or something like that. I don't know. He's gone on to do amazing stuff. And Dap works at Fuel. Dap. He works at Fuel, I think. Never seen that channel. I don't care to see it. Um, good for him for you know, getting the career going and stuff, but um, it's that thing that I kind of was talking about where we're really quick in rollerblading to place legend and classic status on stuff, and uh, Dave Payne deserves a lot of credit for believing in, in rollerblading and capturing it at the early times or whatever, but um, I just don't like... Um, I don't like VGs. I think they're overrated. Uh, some of the T-Bone videos are just... Because it's guys that didn't skate that make them... There's just almost this comical, funny feel to some of the T-Bone videos that have uh, stood the test of time, like not, not taking themselves seriously and uh, the funny parts of skate videos and the dorky parts and the... The more human parts say more than um, showing skating as some serious, technical, um, superhuman thing. Um, even the interviews in some of the VGs, in, in the later VGs, are uh, 
they're just not engaging. Um, I don't know. I, I'll use the unicycle thing again. That um, like if there was, I don't know, twenty. How many Fijis were there? Twenty four. Like obviously the early stages of people doing tricks on unicycles, like the first uh, five or six uh, unicycle VGs would definitely be amazing because you're just capturing the beginning of something is exciting. But um, just continuing to use that idea of, of capturing something and showing it without the human element as much, which VGs tried to do, um, I just think that, like, especially Battle My Crew and all that stuff, which we had Battle My Crew Canada and we, we entered in them. We had, we always tried to make stuff that didn't take it ourselves seriously. Because, uh, I mean, none of us were that great at skating, but we loved to do it and thought it was fun. And I always thought that that translated more as, like, um, using using the video medium within rollerblading to express something beyond showing that we're good at skating, I think is always something that um, I always love to do, and I know Todd and Mason love to do that, is that it was like a empty vehicle for expression uh, beyond being like, look at what we did look at how good we are because none of us were that good we all had our own uh thing going on i mean even early on you could tell our styles were different and unique and we're still kind of feeling it out i guess we have we still have unique styles and everything um in the early stages we were influenced by a lot of different things who wouldn't be like um brain for gone and uh Pat Lennon's videos and things like that, but um, that that kind of idea of a of a of an empty vehicle for expression and um, celebrating uniqueness and diversity and uh, vision over technical ability and um, showing like how technical and ill ill skating could be uh that's why i don't I, that's why i think vgs are overrated because i rollerblading would have really benefited from from kind of looking at it from an opposite point of view and dave Payne always uh kind of he was never able to capture that um i admire his dedication and everything and for how long that he did it especially since like the early VGs sales just went down or whatever, but um, maybe that translated through. He was older too when he got into it, but so sorry, but VGs are overrated. If I sound like an asshole, good, because I don't sound like an asshole very often, so I can get away with it here. Um, I want to ask this again. Do rollerbladers have nothing to say? Just think about that. I know this podcast, I have lots to say. And I like to make videos and not specifically say something in the videos that... I don't like to push anything, but um, I like to express something in the videos, I guess. Um, when rollerbladers speak, I wish they had more interesting things to say. Think about that. A lot of older rollerbladers have interesting things to say, I think but a large percentage of rollerbladers don't. Um, 
So maybe this wasn't as nerdy. But what I'm very, very, very excited about, and I wanted to record this podcast now, um, because it's on the eve of apparently they are announcing the new Final Cut Pro tomorrow. Final Cut Pro is the editing program. A lot of people know it. Most people listening to this podcast would know it that uh, probably most rollerblading videos were made on uh, Avid. VGs were maybe made on a on like a really nice Avid system, which um, kind of like um, long pause. Technology just sometimes makes people overthink what they're creating. Mm, but that's a different thing. Final Cut Pro has had the same interface, like the look of it, for probably since I made, since I first started using it. So, How to Be Unpopular was the first video that I made. If you haven't seen it, uh, you can go to mushroomblading.com and watch it through our through the Vimeo link. That was the first thing I edited on Final Cut Pro. That was like my crash course, my film school for Final Cut Pro. Um, and you can see in the video I uh, played a lot with effects and things like that, which um, some of it's aged well, some of it not so much. Um, I, I'm just really excited that this Final Cut Pro is going to be apparently a quote-unquote dramatic overhaul of the original Final Cut, and it's about fucking time. And it's so exciting for me because of my career, what I do for my business is um, editing. And obviously for my hobby, I wouldn't call it, editing is like a skill of mine. I wouldn't really call it a passion or a hobby. It's um, one way of communicating uh, ideas and getting um, things in my brain out into the world so it's I guess a um, that vehicle again for expression and um, I guess I'm good at I love assembling images and sounds together in ways that are uh, affecting but this is so exciting because it's it's come it's at like this perfect time it's this piece of software that I use all the time for um, work and for rollerblading stuff, and um, a new soft a new software release, as nerdy as it is, can just change your whole life. It can save you time. Um, it can simplify things. Uh, it can open up your creativity. So um, this is where it'll get a bit nerdy. Um, what I've always wanted with Final Cut is for it to work, and this is thinking really far ahead, but I would love for Final Cut to just be like an artist sketching in a book. Like, so you're holding a pen in your hand, and uh, the pen is working at almost an equal speed as your mind is, that it's a good extension of your brain in terms of uh, writing words down or um, drawing a picture sketching notes, anything like that, that there's, I would love for my editing program to feel like that, because right now, there's still that, like, click, splice, play, watch, wait, render, um, dragging and dropping will always be there, because that's, like, you know, your materials that you're going to be using, your clips, but there's just something about an editing program that, um, needs to be rethought um i if you've ever seen the movie minority report where there's windows computer windows and things floating in in open space and he's grabbing them with his hands or whatever that's how i picture editing in hopefully the near future is that you just actually you just grab the clips with your hand and slice them and there's an audio bar under it and you just flick the volume up and you can do weird, uh, you know, like do your audio edits with like your finger 
that it would feel like finger painting. You actually like play with the footage. Charlie Chaplin um, was famous for, he liked to feel the footage and, and um, instead of splicing, he would do lots of things where he would like stare at the footage and feel it. And uh, I really think there's something there to that. Like editing is a very um, gut-based, um, intuitive thing that sometimes you just take chances with your gut that something feels good when you cut it. And I would love if we like even got halfway to that windows floating in the air, which um, Final Cut is weird because it's Final Cut Studio. So there's all these programs that um, there's soundtrack and motion, which I use soundtrack a little bit. I haven't used motion a lot. I use some After Effects for titling stuff. Um, and there was live type, which I used for the titles in Cirque du Soleil. I just think all of these things should be integrated into one program, a new Final Cut. You can do your audio editing, you can do After Effects type stuff, uh, you can do intense like titling, and uh, just everything is going to be in this program. I want there to be um, background rendering. I want you to be able to play a sequence or play something over and be like, put like playing with effects and things without rendering like actually just watching the clip while you're adding the effects and it's like playing through um like a new interface that just doesn't look like it's from 98 or whatever i want integration with the ipad so you can rough in projects and um like you can you can have your footage or, or like even with the iPad, it's tough that you wouldn't be able to take like all your footage and uh, have it on the iPad, but like somehow remotely access your footage. This is a big one. I'm kind of jumping around here, but media management is so tough, especially like you have to manage all of these projects. You're always filming stuff, uh, and you have to convert footage if you're using DSLRs to 422 because you can't edit uh, native H.264 off of the card, which is a big bitch, and I'm hoping hoping that uh, you'll just be able to drop your files in from the card. Um, so you're managing all these projects. I would love for there to be, like, in the future, you don't need hard drives. There would be, like, a remote server i don't know if the right thing is cloud i don't know if that's the right word um where you could access all of your projects all the time on an ipad um on your computer and there is just like this one driver source that has everything on it and there's a backup um you can access things on your phone you can render projects from your phone you can render projects from your ipad you can um, from your iPad, show clients rough cuts and make markers on what needs to be changed. There's just this thing where, like, there needs to be more integrating of all these amazing tools and um, instead of going from program to program and all this converting and crap, it should just be all, like, one massive thing. Like, all the hard drives should be one thing. All of the programs in the studio should be one thing. And your devices, your, like your phone and the iPad, should be integrated with all of these things too. I mean, how fucking amazing will that be if that's like if they're on route to that? That is like that's life changing right there. Um, one thing about Final Cut is I hope it's cheaper and more accessible to more people. I'm a firm believer that the more people that can learn um, editing and filming and uh, uh, putting together, making little movies or or whatever, I want, like, because I eventually want to teach this to kids. I want to teach editing and um, filming and all that stuff. I want to teach as many kids as I can in the future because I, I think that... Um, videos and movies and things like that is such a powerful way of communicating ideas and, and expressing something unique 
from person to person. And the more people that can uh, use these tools and uh, the less the lines are blurred between professional and amateur, like that really excites me. Because I said, I don't consider myself a filmmaker. I never really have. Um, and I don't even like that idea of, um, I do like what what I do for work and what our company is, is like technically it's professional, but at the same time it's still um, me making stuff with my business partner that um, communicates something for someone. It's not like, it's not like quote unquote professional. I think that whole idea of like professional studios and stuff, the line's going to start to blur intensely and um, that kind of just, goes back to what I was talking about within rollerblading. I mean, yeah, there's professionals in rollerblading, but um, I would love those lines to be blurred as well. Like, what about if there's just some dude that's interesting, he's not technical and doesn't do crazy hammers? Like, if our industry celebrated unique, weird people, or like some freestyle skater, like cone skater, who started integrating that into... Um, quote-unquote aggressive skating or whatever like our industry would never welcome that shit in would never welcome like a martial arts gymnast dude who started uh doing like some of the most fucked up hand plant ninjaing stuff people would say that's not rollerblading um it's ridiculous and i mean that idea is everywhere it's that idea of like software or, or um, skate hardware or something things becoming technology becoming more accessible to more people and more easy to use and things that used to be um, ideas and and things that used to take a lot of education or understanding to do like um, the more intuitive and easy to use technology is across the board um, the more the planet gets pushed forward in my opinion so I'm excited for this final cut update. I hope that lots of professional editors are shaking in their boots because um, the democratization of the tools, I mean, that line's getting blurred. I want there to be no line at all. I want, I want everyone to be making awesome movies. Um, but of course it's like, everyone can type or write and not everyone can you know get a book published or whatever but even then it's like yeah you can publish a book you can self-publish it online in a pdf and people are gonna find it how fucking cool is that we really really forget that um everything's in our hands like we can publish books and distribute movies and everything all for really cheap all from our house i want more people to do more stuff across the board if i want people who don't think they can make a movie to make a movie and i want to see that movie or short film or whatever that excites me and i hope again to educate people in the future that um hopefully bring that that exciting thing out in them through teaching them how to you know make little movies or music videos or whatever that excites me i'm not there yet but uh that's in my grand life plan is to still uh continue to be in my own film school not ever consider myself a filmmaker but at the same time teach kind of what i've learned and hopefully people start to uh or people kids can learn from that and go in their own direction that's like bam that's what i want on my deathbed i hope that um i hope that that's one of my things that i got to teach so i've kind of worn myself out here but um I'm so excited for the new Final Cut. You just have no idea. So, um, I, my life will be changed forever by 
the new Final Cut presentation tomorrow. And uh, I hope you guys are having a great April. Like I said, mine's been amazing. It's going to be like a whirlwind coming up here. Be happy that I took this time out to record this when I was supposed to be doing a bunch of other practical, important things. But um, sometimes I have to give in to these urges to move on with the practical and important things because this is important in my life to get this out. Uh, I just want to leave you with that final question. Do rollerbladers have nothing to say? Think about that. If uh, you're mad at me, email me and uh, you can be mad at me in an email and uh, I can talk to you back. <laughs>